All right, we have we're back. I'm super super excited about this episode. This is a this is a personally really exciting episode for me because uh, I get to talk to one of my mentors and good friends in business and in life, uh, Gene DeLibro. Thanks for joining the show, Gene. You bet, Adam. It's a, it's a privilege to be here. Um, so, Gene, obviously, we've worked together uh, a couple times now over the past couple of years, and um, and I know your background very well, but I would love for you, um, there's nothing like hearing you tell the story of, of how you got to where you are today. Um, so give us give us the, the quick version of, uh, you know, how, how we're sitting here, how you got here. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, I'm one of those stories, right? I'm the poster child for uh, what happens when you don't go to college. Not that, not that college isn't important because I have my two kids in college and mm-hmm. um, there was no possible way they weren't going to go to college. But uh, for me, the path was not as direct. Um, there were some challenges uh, early in my life and uh, I was not able to attend college for whatever the reason. And so um, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, self-taught, right? Self-made. Uh, I've built a bunch of businesses. I've held senior positions in lots of different companies, uh, but I've, I've come from humble beginnings, right? I like to say from the wires in the wall to, uh, you know, just about everything else that's out there today in the digital space. And I, I got my start in technology. I was the guy uh, who people came to and said, hey, my printer doesn't work. And it's funny because when I, when I got started in technology, um, you know, my only real, my only real exposure to technology was in music. I was a professional musician. And I was uh, very much into this new thing called MIDI, Musical Instrument Digital Interface. It was all about electronic music. It was about, you know, connecting synthesizers and uh, sequencing and all kinds of cool stuff. And you used computers. And one of the first computers I used for that was the Atari 1040 ST and a Commodore 64. Pretty incredible. Uh, And making really good music, actually. Um, so, so real quick, so that was my background. Is that like, is that like, uh, the beginnings of EDM today The you know, the, the DJs? Yeah, and stuff like? I, okay. I think it is, man. I, I think it is. Um, and, and my partner and I, buddy, I met when I, when I moved out West to start playing music, I packed my bags at 17, loaded my car and drove to Seattle. And, uh, my brother was out there. I met, met some people, joined a band and uh, started playing music professionally. Um, and, and the guy that has become my mentor and, and is my best friend today, actually, I named my youngest son after him. Um, you know, he was the guy that was a, uh, he was a keyboard, keyboard player and he was very much into technology. When I got back to New York after roaming around the country for a few years playing music and, and not making any money, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I decided that, you know, we needed to stay in touch and continue to collaborate. And plus all the other people I'd met, um, it, it was a way for us to, to stay in touch technology. It kept us together. And so mm-hmm. I built uh, a social platform, one of the first commercial social platforms, actually. It started as a hobby, uh, and I turned it into a business and then sold it. But basically, it was a global platform for musicians around the world to share information, share patches for their axes, uh, and, and just basically grow, right, mm-hmm. with this whole concept of electric, electronic music. It was really early. Um, and I, I got the bug. I got the bug for technology and, and, you know, getting back to what I said about the wires in the wall and being the guy who, um, you know, people come to, to fix their printer problems. Um, you know, my first gig, uh, I, I remember, uh, uh, my cousin calling me saying, Hey, um, I heard you're out of work and I know you're looking for a job. So, um, they're looking for a network administrator at, at my business. You think you could do that? I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so I ran out to the bookstore they had them back then. And I bought like six or seven books and, uh, I got myself up to speed <laughs> as best I could. 
And I went and had my interview and I started my new job as a network administrator. And it was pretty crazy because there were, there were things there I'd never even seen before. So, Classic. uh, it was pretty incredible. And, and it was a rocket ship from there. You know, I went uh, from there to wall street and I spent a bunch of years there. Uh, and then just, you know, started building my own businesses. Like I said, one of the first commercial social networks, um, I was very deep into the digital out of home space and also the mobile marketing space. So different platforms for different things. Um, I, I haven't been focused on one single thing like a lot of my colleagues and a lot of other people in business. Some people hunker down, focus on one thing. But, you know, I, I think I saw early, Adam, that what was really happening in the space, let me just step back. A lot of my colleagues when I got to Wall Street were uh, taking their, their IT degrees, mm -hmm. of which I didn't have. And they were going out to college and, and, uh, and getting uh, an MBA. So their, their big thing was to take that technical knowledge and augment it with business knowledge. And I, I got to tell you, man, they were worth a lot of money. I was, I was jealous. I couldn't go get a master's because I didn't even have a bachelor's. I had my GED. And so, you know, when, when I watched all these people go out to the space, I thought to myself, well, I mean, I can learn business and I've got a good head for business. And, uh, but my credentials, my credentials are, are not there. I don't have a piece of paper to present at that time back in the 80s early nineties, it was really important to have a college degree. Sure, sure. It was hard to get work. It was hard for me. I remember going to a, a large, uh, a large bank in New York city and, and having 25 or 26 interviews, um, and getting all the way through, you know, feeling really good about the fact that I was going to get this job. And the last guy said, so where did you go to school? Ugh. And I said, well, I, I didn't go to school. I, I have my GED. I didn't go to college, but is that, is that really important to you guys? And uh, he shook my hand and said, thanks for coming in. You know, one guy wow. out of 26 basically says, nope, and you're out. So that, that, that was really important. But, but what I thought to myself was, well, I see a lot of things going on in marketing, right? It was, it was the early 90s. Uh, I had started working on a book with a buddy of mine called Strategic Networking. It, it became uh, the root of, you know, what's cooking on the Internet today. Mm -hmm. uh, we're really proud of that book. It was supposed to be a hip pocket reference, but uh, – it wound up being 520 something pages and became a text in colleges and universities around the world. Um, and it talked about the kinds of things that are going on today. We talked about e-commerce, we talked about social, and this was in, you know, 1994, we started writing that book. It took us a couple of years. Um, but it was, it was kind of looking toward the future. And for me, part of looking toward the future was this marketing thing, this internet thing is going to be huge. Mm. And so I staked the claim myself, uh, in the early nineties on the internet. And I believe that this is, this, this was where everything was going to go. So I dug in, I dug into what we know today as marketing technology. Uh, and I dug in on the idea of digitalization, the whole idea of, of businesses, agencies, you know, whatever, whatever it was that was going to actually move their business forward, both on the brand, uh, and the agency side, uh, this idea of digitalization, what we know today as digital transformation. Sure. Um, it was, it was where I was going to stake my claim. So, so that's my story. Um, I, I, I started from humble beginnings as a system administrator. And, uh, you know, I've, I've worked my way up to be um, a teacher at NYU for the last 20 years. Uh, I just started teaching down in Florida at the University of South Florida. Uh, I'm on the board of the Rutgers Customer Experience Program. So, you know, it's, it's been a, a really cool journey for me. And yeah. uh, I'm I'm really excited about where we are today in the space. So that's a long-winded, that's a long-winded explanation of what some of my background looks like. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about my time in prison. We're not going to talk it, about 
Yeah, and you didn't even get to uh, some of the other some of the other things like uh, you know surviving massive surgeries and and things like that 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 you've been uh, that I know you've and gone the two through two World Trade Center disasters. No, yeah, we, we, yeah, we didn't talk about that. But anyway, that's okay uh, because I think and you didn't laugh at my prison joke. I hope somebody out there laughs at it. Oh, I thought that one was Go real. Ahead. My bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I I think uh, the thing that uh, oh you you touched on there for a minute was talking about how a lot of your colleagues hunkered down into specific, you know, areas of, of practice or expertise, and you kind of continued to float above that. I mean, obviously drilling down when you needed to, um, which paves the road or, or, you know, kind of is a little bit of foreshadowing into what you uh, are teaching now at NYU and have been teaching and what you taught me and, and the thing that I've heard you preach at businesses for years, which is this idea of the importance of a digital strategy or just a strategy in general um, uh, when it comes to businesses and the way that they're presenting themselves. So I, I personally, like I kind of wanted to tee this one up for you because uh, I've been trying to go spread the good word of strategy, uh, as you know, and uh, and run into more hesitancy and fear when I, when we talk about these types of things than, than I'd probably would have expected. And so from your perspective and from your experience, why talk a little bit about why strategy um, is so important when a marketer or a founder is trying to figure out where they should be spending time and where they should be uh, honing down and, and spreading their brand message? Yeah, good question. So look, I think that the importance of strategy cannot be stressed enough. Um, you know, moving forward with any initiative without a solid strategy is like, you know, the tail wagging the dog. So it's, it's not a, it's not a would like to have, it's a must have. But I think the challenge that a lot of businesses have, a lot of people have is that strategy is, it's an intangible, right? You can't, you can't take it off a shelf and unwrap it. Mm. You can't hold it in your hands. You can't, um, kind of wrap your, wrap your, your current thinking around what a strategy is, right? We all have this, this contextual fit in our world, right? There's things that we understand. There's things that we know, uh, and there's things that we're comfortable with. Strategy is not something we practice in general. Uh, we're very much tactically oriented. We, we certainly know how to execute in most cases, although I'd argue that in a lot of businesses, execution is a big problem today and has been for a while. Uh, but strategy itself is, is really the roadmap to success, right? We've talked about that, you and I. We spent some time at you know, one of the largest IT integrators in the world uh, in a strategy practice, mm -hmm. building a strategy practice for that business. And so we saw, you know, working with the Fortune 50, that the challenge of understanding not only the concept of, of strategy foundationally, but what it means to the business as an activator of success, I think that... Um, too many businesses and too many execs out there just don't take the time to put strategy in its proper place. So to answer your question, uh, you need a plan. If, uh, you know, if, if we're going to go to Vegas, you know, maybe we decide we're, we're heading to Vegas. Well, I mean, we're not just going to jump in the car and go to Vegas. We need to know what we're going to go to Vegas for. There's 10 of us. It's a group of people. Where are we going to stay? What are we going to wear? What's the weather look like? Are we going there for for uh, gambling? Are we going there for entertainment? Are we going there to sightsee? What are we going to Vegas for? Mm -hmm. And so to not be prepared means, you know, we jump in the car and we get maybe where we're going. Maybe we don't get there because we run out of money on the way, which is what happened to me when I packed my car and went to Seattle halfway 
didn't have a plan, just said, I'm going halfway, I ran out of money, my car broke down. So here I am, you know, in Winnemucca, Nevada, and I, I don't have a penny and I don't know what to do. Mm. So you, you don't, you don't want to be that, right? You don't want to have that experience in a business. So the idea of sitting down and figuring out, you know, where are we going? Why are we going there? And what do we expect? What do we expect? What is our desired outcome once we get there? I think that's the notion of strategy and that's the idea of being able to build a solid roadmap to success that too many organizations don't do. And then what happens, and you've seen this too, because we've worked together and, and you've been out there in the world running around doing great things. Um, you see that in many cases, what will happen is without that solid strategy, initiatives will fail. And the first thing we do, because it's human nature, is we try to point a finger and we try to blame technology mm-hmm. or we try to dr- blame you know, people, whatever it might be. But it, it, it's not a people process or technology thing. I think the blame sits squarely on the fact that you didn't start with a solid plan. And that doesn't mean, listen, that doesn't mean that there's not a, an agile fly by the seat of your pants way to run a business. Come on, so many people do that and, and they're incredibly successful. Right. A couple of my business have been you know, agile and very seat of the pants. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I think the idea of strategy is, is critically important. And, and one of the biggest challenges for organizations as to why they don't take the time to implement a strategy is that it's not tangible. They, 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 they can't wrap their arms around it. It's not something they can hold in their hand. Yeah, totally. And you know this because we, we went out into the space, right? And said, Hey, you know, what you really need is a strategy as we were working in our strategy practice for this large integrator. And we said to our customers, well, look, this is all great. We, we see where you want to go. But in order to get there, we need to build a strategy. We need mm-hmm. to know what that roadmap to success looks like. And they were very, very resistant, man, because, like, what do they get? You remember some of the questions. Okay, well, that's great. But, like, what do I get when you're mm-hmm. done with mm-hmm. this work? What do I get? So it's that idea of, of, of holding something in your hand, something tangible. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, two things that you, you said there that, I would just um, double down on is first of all, obviously the tangibility and, and, and it not being a product, which is what um, so many people think they need or want to buy. And then just the fear of not under maybe not seeming like they understand, you know, strategy uh, I think has a connotation that it's like the business strategy or uh, the, 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 the business idea. And so as a leader in an organization, that should be me coming up with that you know, business strategy or that idea. And, and really what we're talking about here is more simple than that. It's just, it's just like you said, having that roadmap with the, the stop offs, where are you going to get gas, where are you going to spend money, et cetera, when it comes to your digital, uh, the the digital roadmap that you need in order to, to grow your business. But so many people, um, you know, when they think about strategy, when they think about growing their business, they do end up going to a product. And I, again, like not to just keep talking about our experience together, but that's the thing we saw so many times uh, when we were selling or when we were working with a current client is, okay, fine, let's do the strategy or whatever. But like, what's the platform? What's the software that I'm going to use that's going to fix my problems? And obviously, that's too simplistic, and it doesn't work that way. But with all of your experience in the MarTech space, um, specifically, how how would you advise someone to approach beginning to think through their their stack and beginning to build you know the product sets that they need um, to grow their business? So I'm not asking necessarily for like what products do they need exactly, but just talk a little bit about that that thought process and how they should go about building that stack out. Well, the first thing is that technology should always come last. Hmm. I think the idea, and it's a it's a big it's a big disconnect. 
today in business. It's, it's that everyone seems to think, and I, I think it's, I think this myth is, is propagated by a lot of, of the consulting organizations out there uh, where they talk about digital maturity and they talk about, um, you know, this idea of digital transformation uh, as being driven by technology. And, and I get it. Look, it's, it's a digital thing. Digital is the key word here, right? So, so I get it. Yes, it's technological in nature. But, um, you know, as I said a little while ago, we tend to blame people, process, and technology for some of our, our challenges, right, when things fail. But it's, it's the lack of putting the time in up front to actually understand where you want to go that, that kills you. It's, it's not the technology. It's not the product. You know, you can make any product do anything. Think mm -hmm. about Excel, right? I've used Excel in many instances. I've used it in retail. I've used it in uh, healthcare. I've used it in finance. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible tool, right? But it's, it's just a, a template. It's a framework. And in order to make Excel work for you, you really need to have a plan as to how you're going to use that product. Otherwise, it just continues to be a framework, an empty template with nothing in it. Right. And it doesn't really serve the business. So when we talk about MarTech, especially, um, I mean, there's, there's over 7,000 tools, according to Scott Brinker's MarTech landscape. Um, that's a lot of stuff, man. That's a lot of choice. And so when we start thinking about how easy it is to whip out a credit card and buy some SaaS, some software mm -hmm, as a service mm -hmm. solution, what we start doing is we start solving the problem du jour. And for marketers especially, you know, they've got challenges every day that they need to, they need to take care of. And, and part of the challenge is that they haven't learned how to work with their IT brothers and sisters. This is a, a very important part of being successful in the MarTech space, especially as a marketer using MarTech. Mm -hmm. You need to leverage the IT team. You need to leverage your partners in IT. They have knowledge. Uh, and maybe it's knowledge that you don't necessarily have as a marketer. You have to play nice in the sandbox. And, and whether they're you know, doing all the work or just some of the work of helping you secure and manage your MarTech, um, you got to get them on the same page. And it's, it's really, really important. So what's, what's not happening is that we're not taking the time to develop the same type of strategy we're talking about for MarTech. So you need a business strategy, right? You need a brand strategy. You need a marketing strategy, but you also need um, a MarTech strategy. And, mm -hmm. and, and part of that is why you need the MarTech in the first place. What do you need this technology for? What's it going to do? It's that whole uh, who, what, why, and how. Who's going to use it? Why are we getting it? You know, what do we expect is going to be the outcome when we use it? But I, think, I think the challenge, Adam, here to, to answer your question is that um, we don't spend enough time understanding what our universe looks like, right, from end to end. Again, it's the roadmap to success. Sure. So going out and just buying a whole bunch of stuff, what we wind up with is over time, you know, think about, think about a lot of the places that you've worked or a lot of the organizations that you work with. Uh, and I see it all the time after 30 years in the space. What happens is after a year or two, you wind up having a collection of, you know, 20 or 30 tools that you've bought. And none of them are stitched together. There is no holistic view into your marketing efforts. You certainly don't have a holistic view into the customer. Um, and all of the data that those tools are collecting is disparate and disconnected. So you've invested a boatload of money. None of it is connected. And you're probably using 10 to 15% of the features and functions of what you bought. So mm -hmm. there's a tremendous amount of waste. And in some cases, 
some of those things that you bought, you've used them once or twice and you've never used them again, but you're continuing to pay. Right. So without a strategy, without a solid roadmap to success, that's your outcome. That's what you have to look forward to. And look, we know like, like everyone else that's, that's been in a, a, a position of, uh, of leadership, whether it's a CIO or a CMO or maybe even their direct reports, it's really easy to go out and buy stuff because the proliferation of technology is just crazy. You know, when I wrote about it back in 1994, I didn't, I didn't have any idea of the scope of where we'd be today. I mean, I knew it was going to be huge, mm-hmm. but I had no idea, you know, how big and how vast this whole landscape of technology in business and the idea of digital transformation, I had no idea how big it was going to be and how, how much it was going to change everything we do. Do you leave home without your, your cell phone? I don't think so. I don't think any of us do. No. And if you forget the cell phone, like me, you know, I get halfway to the city, a 60 mile ride that could take me two and a half hours. I'm thinking heavy about, geez, do I turn around and go back and get my phone? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've given that up now. I, I don't do that anymore, but there were points in my career, in my life where I'd turn around and I'd go back and get the phone. So the idea is, is that, you know, we, we really, we understand that we're dependent on this technology to make the business move and to connect with a customer, a prospect that moves faster than we do. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that the right way and not waste money and not waste time and not buy things that either we're going to use once and never use again or buy things that we can't use because they don't fit. The organizational fit of that tool doesn't really match the capabilities of the organization and the people who make it go, right? Mm -hmm. It's things like that. So strategy, very, very important to apply to MarTech. I can't, I can't say that enough. Yeah. It's, it's, I think when you, when you talked about the SaaS, the proliferation of SaaS products available in the marketplace, I mean, obviously that's great for marketers because now you have an endless supply of help and, and, you know, every little tiny niched problem you encounter is available for like $15 a month or something like that. You can, you can fix that right forever. The, the problem with it is, um, that it, it does sometimes tend to, you know, add up and, and you forget about things that you're doing shadow it, which I remember used to be a thing where like organizations were worried that, that like that doesn't even exist anymore. Now it's just, uh, Oh yes, it does. Well, I'm yes, it, it does. It's even worse now. That's what it's I'm saying. Worse. That's Think what I'm saying. What I just said. Yeah. I think we're saying right. the same thing. Like it, 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 it's, it's, it's just ubiquitous. You know what I mean? Ah, I understand your point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're saying we've gone beyond, we've moved beyond yeah. shadow IT. It's, it's even worse today. You're right. Exactly. It's incredible. Exactly. And, uh, and it's easy. It's so easy. And it, and it, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. This is something we've seen with our business and selling the products that we've sold is we've, we've entirely stopped trying to sell strategy as a, as an offering. I mean, we, we do it, but we Trojan horse that offering through either podcasting or a content creation engagement or a website build and, and don't even really necessarily talk about strategy because uh, all of our customers have such a short sighted, you know, not, not because of anything bad for them, but just because they have really pressing needs that they need to fix right now. And I think that's what you're saying right. is driving a lot of this, um, this, this flight from strategy, or at least in people's thinking. Well, I think, I think we've talked about this a lot, right? It's, it's not that the customer is stupid. It's not like the people we right. work with are deficient in some way, right? It, it's, it's the question of exactly what you just said. They have a problem that they need to solve, and their skill set, whatever it might be, right, be it IT, be it marketing, be it some other business unit, you know, their skill set is they're just not equipped 
to, you know, sit down and dive into a holistic strategy um, in order to create that roadmap to success. They're too busy trying to execute so they don't get fired. And quite frankly, man, I, I've been there and uh, it's not a bad thing to, to not want to be fired. I mean, you need to pay your bills. So at the end of the day, we, we become our own worst enemy because we're just trying to get along. And by trying to get along and get things done and be productive, um, we, we skip the strategy. I say it a lot. If it's a 10 step process, we're great at like, you know, steps one and two where we can have an idea and we can start to solidify that idea. But then we skip three to seven, Mm. right? Where all that strategy should go on. Why are we doing this? Who's involved? What do we expect to happen when we're done? Um, and then, you know, we, we, we're at steps eight, nine, and 10 where we're, we're all, all execution. Yeah. And that's just not healthy. It's not healthy for the business and it's not going to produce a sound outcome. We know this, we know this from experience. Right, right, exactly. Um, and, uh, at the same time, it's just kind of where we are. And so I think it's, it's on us as marketers or, or folks who are listening to this to be able to, um, guide the people that we're working with and, and have the, you know, you always talk about it, uh, leading, leading people out of, how do you say it? Leading people out of the rainforest or the the analogy that you use in terms of, uh, being that, that guide that's willing to take the risk and, and, um, set the plan, even if you change it tomorrow. Well, I think, look, I think everyone needs a sage, right? I think all people and even businesses, and no matter how high up you are on the executive ladder, you need a sage. You need somebody who's going to, you know, see the forest through the trees and say, look, this is what I believe. And I think based on what I believe, you should believe it too. Here's why. Mm-hmm. And, and let me take your hand. Let's, let's work together in order to go through these things. This, let's get this clarity of thought. Because as I said, you know, a lot of people, uh, us included at some points in our careers, um, you know, we're heads down. We're trying to get stuff done because our boss said, this is what I need. Go do this. And so we're trying to be good soldiers. We're trying to get stuff done. But, you know, to have someone who says, hey, look, I have experience. I've done this before. I see where you're headed. I understand what you're trying to get done. But before we go ahead and pull the trigger and start executing, we need to have a plan. And I'm not saying paralysis by analysis here. I'm not saying you got a plan for two years before you execute. I'm saying we just all got to get in a room. We have to sit at the table and say, what the hell are we trying to achieve here? What do we, what do we expect when we're done, right? What do we want? What are those business outcomes? And how do we align that execution that we're going to run crazy to get done? How, how do we align that with the business goals, right? Mm-hmm. And everything that we want to do. So when we're done, we don't get fired and we can look back and say, yeah, we did that and it was great and it really moved the needle. Let's go do more of that. Right. Yeah. And so much of that is just having the confidence in, in your knowledge and your ability of the landscape, or I'm sorry, your ability and your knowledge of the landscape, um, to be able to make recommendations that you believe in as a marketer to your team or to your founder or to your executive team, whatever, um, that, that you feel like you can stand behind because you, uh, you have those capabilities and are, are feeling solid behind them. And I know that you're working on a project right now, Gene, to, um, to help marketers who are, who are either you know unsure or maybe just want to firm up some of these things that we've been talking about today. Um, tell us a little bit about how digital marketing works and and what your vision for that is. Yeah, so um, you know having having been teaching at NYU and coaching and doing a lot of things with a lot of people, both individually and 
at the corporate level, uh, I think there's a huge gap, just like we see in strategy, right? Understanding how important it is. I think there's a huge gap in the idea of understanding digital. How does mm-hmm. digital work? How does it fit into my world? How does it fit into my business? And how can I be digital? How can I be more digital uh, and really get stuff done? So what I did was I took a step back and said, well, I'm going to create uh, a venture that will actually focus on helping people in the space, whether they're marketers or IT people or business people, helping them understand how digital marketing works. So I've launched this new business called How Digital Marketing Works. And uh, our first step is uh, a bunch of podcasts, which have been really fun. I'm hoping to get you on as a guest soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically what, what we're doing right now is, is we're looking at podcasting. We're looking at uh, lots of content, both online and uh, in book format, eBooks and otherwise. Um, and also events where we can put people together in a room because I believe that collaboration is critically important. Learning from each other, you know, there's conversations that we should be having in the marketplace, in the business world that we don't have uh, because maybe we're afraid of status risk. Well, geez, if I tell you how I do that and maybe you'll take my job. Um, so I think getting people in a room together is really important or even getting people online together in you know, places like discussion forums where they can share ideas, where they can talk about some of their successes and failures. I think that's what How Digital Marketing Works is all about, um, getting people together, sharing great ideas, and helping them understand not only how digital marketing works, but how they can put digital to work for them personally and in their businesses. So I'm really, really excited about the venture. Mm. And I think that last part you mentioned of, of having the collaboration with other marketers is so valuable because I think that probably, if I guessed, 10 or 15 years ago, you know, if you were doing this type of um, educational venture, a lot of it would be giving people the X's and O's as to what is digital, uh, how how do you use it, etc. And I think for marketers coming up today, we understand what digital is, like, you know, we've grown up with it to some extent, and it's just part of the way we interact with the world. But reconnecting those dots as to how to think about it holistically and how to um, funnel our thoughts and our strategies and our actions in order to actually have business outcomes, which I think is what the output of a lot of those conversations would just naturally be in, in a room like what you're describing. Uh, I mean, that that's what gets me excited. That's what I think would be super helpful from folks who have experience, folks who are in the weeds right now, and uh, are, are, are sharing similar challenges. So I think that's, uh, that's going to be awesome. How can people follow up or, or keep track of that? Yeah, the first, the first place uh, that we're making available online is the website howdigitalmarketing.works. So okay. it's, it's a little different. It's not .com. Mm-hmm. It's howdigitalmarketing.works. So yeah, that's the place to go. The podcasts are there. And as we continue to build the business, because strategically, right, you can't boil the ocean and we're not trying to do everything at once. Um, as we continue to grow, you'll see more and more content there, information about events. Uh, that's the place to go. You have to get more. Cool. Well, Gene, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Something I've been I've been doing uh, with all of our episodes recently is, uh, as we sign off, what's one thing? It could be related to what we're talking about, or or it could be that you're just excited about the fact that my Phillies put up ten yesterday in the home opener. I don't know, just just to give you some ideas. But what what's what's something that you uh, that's got you excited uh, as we um, as we wrap up quarter number one of 2019 and, and head into the rest of the year. Well, um, I'm excited to be alive, my brother. Uh, but more importantly, 
uh, I think I think there's some great stuff happening out there uh, in the world. I think I think we're headed in the right direction, and I think from a from a business point of view, uh, I think this new focus on the customer. I mean, it's it's been a long time mm. be, since we've focused on the customer, right? It's always been if you look at the way we've always approached the market as businesses, um, we've always been interruptive in nature, right? Trying to take what we believe and force it on our target audiences. And today, me thinking about how we're actually doing things. One of the things that excites me most is the focus on me, the customer, what's mm. important to me. So see, I'm really thrilled about everything that's happening in the space. Just think about, think about even, even government. And I know that's a depressing thought these days, but think about how our government is working and how, you know, the things that they're trying to do are actually all about helping the people mm -hmm. that they serve do more, make more, accomplish great things. Right. I, I think, I think there's some great stuff happening out there where we are focused on the people. And I think that's going to make a huge difference in everything we do. And it's also going to make a huge difference in, in how we develop our strategies if, if we put the, the people first. So that's what I'm, I'm really, really excited about. That's great. Well, uh, thank you again for, for coming on. We will link everything that uh, Gene referred to today, the podcast, the website. Um, I know he's very active on LinkedIn, so maybe I'll throw that down there. And, uh, and hopefully um, you guys will, will take the chance to connect with him. But thanks for coming on, Gene. Appreciate it. You bet, man. Thanks for having me.